Whatever you need saving from, he can save you. Whatever you need healing from, he can heal you. Whatever you need delivering from, he can get you out of it. Herod heard this, 
He was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and the scribes and the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them to exact time, or ex asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until they came and stopped above the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling on their knees, they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord for the church, and the church said together, praise be to God for his word today. Amen. We want to re remind you of our families we're praying for. This is the first week in December, and so during the first week of December, we always pray for the Bed and Bob, Bloomfield, the Kathy, the Chisholm, Craig, and Atkins families. And so let's remember these families in your prayers this week. Uh, let's continue to remember uh, the state of Georgia in uh, our prayers as they continue uh, to uh, determine election results and, and go through their runoff process. Let's continue to uh, pray for one another for traveling mercies over the holiday season. And let's continue to pray for our students, teachers, and administrators in our schools and our community. Those who have shared prayer requests with us within our community, let's pray for families in our community right here in the neighborhood in which we worship. Let's pray for the schools in the area right here in which we worship. Uh, let's pray for the organizations and other churches and ministries right here in the area where we worship as we all seek to make a difference to the community, to reach out to the community and be a blessing to the community. And for us, of course, to share the good news of the gospel as we meet needs. And so let's be prayerful that God would not only meet needs, uh, of individuals in our community, but he will open up their hearts to be able to receive the greatest message of all, and that's the message of salvation because of a baby who was born to be the savior of the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Whatever your needs are, uh, you can take them to the Lord in prayer, uh, whatever they may be. If you have needs, you can talk to the Lord about what you need this morning. And so as we pray, I'm going to be praying, but you pray along with me oh, where yeah. you are. And let's take all of our cares to the Lord oh. together. Amen. Yes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for the privilege of joining with your people as always. Thank you for the privilege of being in this place, in this space, for this time, and for this purpose. 
and we know what that purpose is. Yes. That purpose is to give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord, we thank you for a reasonable portion of life, health, and strength. And Lord, we thank you for our mind to worship with your people this morning. We pray a special blessing over each person that's gathered in person this morning. And we pray a special blessing over each person that will gather remotely this morning. As we join in together, both near and far. Help us to give your name the praise you deserve. Lord, thank you for bringing us through another week. As we begin this new week, we anticipate you doing good and great things in our lives. Not for our glory, Lord, but for your glory. So that you get the glory out of our lives. And we pray, Lord, that you help us and bless us to see the opportunities you placed in our lives. To really make a difference in those that you place in our lives. Lord, help us to be a light in darkness. Help us to go out and share the good news to a world that needs good news. That's full of bad news. That they need to hear the good news. That you are still in charge. And that you are still making ways out of no way. And Lord, we are witness of that today. As many have testimonies of your blessings that you're still meeting needs, you're still making a way, you're still healing, you're still delivering, you're still saving, you, you're still doing your work, and we thank you for it. Now, as we gather as your people this morning, we do realize there are needs that exist among those in this congregation gathering this morning. We pray that you bless each and every one of them uh, with what they stand in need of. I pray for new jobs for, for many of them, Lord, jobs that they didn't feel like they were qualified for, but, but you will open up doors, Lord that give them new jobs to uh, make incomes uh, that will be able to be sufficient to meet their needs. We pray for healing for their bodies, Lord. We pray for uh, those that are sick, that you touch and strengthen their bodies, Lord. Whatever's not like you, Lord, we pray that you move it. We pray for those that are sin sick, Lord, those who are far from you, don't know you, and may have strayed away from you, that you would bring them back to yourself through the power of your spirit, that your spirit would draw them back to you, and that they would yield and bow before you and confess their sins to you. Lord, we thank you today. We pray you get glory out of this worship service and all that we do and say in this worship service. May it be for your glory and your honor alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We continue to encourage each and every one of you to participate in family worship. Family worship is not something we do uh, as a substitute for weekend worship. Uh, it is something we do to supplement weekend worship. And so we pray that you're taking time to pass on your faith to your family and you're meeting with your family at least once a week so they can see you practicing your faith and sharing your faith. Uh, we know our faith is not a faith that's just taught but it is a faith that yeah. is taught uh we can teach it but it, we have to live it in front of others for them to catch it and that includes our children that includes the next generation that includes those that we would try to make an impact uh in their lives so uh let people catch your faith by them seeing you practice your faith and family worship is one of those ways to do that to learn more about family worship go to our website uh, christassemblychurch.org forward slash resources forward slash family dash worship. 
God bless you. We're in a new month. If you're celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this morning, month, we want to say God's blessings to you. If you're in person, if you're celebrating a birthday or anniversary, just hold up your hand if you're in here. All right. We see our one hand that's uh, celebrating a birthday. God blesses to you today. And uh, those of you that are online, if you're celebrating a birthday or an anniversary, please share by commenting uh, on your um, uh, in the feed there, in the thread there, and let us know. We want to celebrate you all month. We want to say happy birthday and God's blessings to you on your anniversary. Uh, Giving Tuesday campaign, I want to pause and thank each and every one of you that have taken and given above and beyond uh, um, this year, uh, not only with your tithes and offering, but also uh, taking the challenge to, to give a little bit more through our Giving Tuesday. Thank you for those that shared the Giving Tuesday campaign on social media. Some of us had friends that gave to the campaign, and we appreciate that. And we do encourage you that uh, anytime the church is doing something or posting something, uh, make sure you share that with others. That's one of the easiest ways to get the message of the gospel out. There's one thing to share the gospel with people, but there's a, we have this powerful tool called social media, and so as we like things and as we share things, we're getting that message out also. So we encourage you to continue to do that. Thank you to all of you that gave. Um, I've given Tuesday campaign this year is really dedicated to uh, going towards our uh, Christmas mission project as we join in with the Winding Springs Elementary right here in our own neighborhood uh, right around the corner from here and uh, we are getting prepared to uh, be a blessing to them with those gifts and so please continue to look out on social media uh, for that and uh, do share that uh, with your friends and loved ones on social media. They can, that way they can see what the Lord is doing uh, through our ministry to help our local uh, to help our local community and uh, and know what they're giving, uh, the impact that they're giving is having. Amen. 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 Uh, next week, remember, we will not have service here at our regular schedule uh, uh, facility and time. We will be joining with joint service with the New Creation Baptist Church and Pastor Joseph Talley, and we want to uh, have everyone travel over there. We will send the the, the uh, directions and the address out to everyone uh, so that you will know how to get there and uh, where to go. And uh, we will meet over there at 11 a.m. and uh, celebrate and fellowship with them. And I will be speaking uh, for their morning service. And we're looking for a great time as we celebrate and fellowship with them on next Sunday. Lastly, we want to remind you of our Christmas dinner that's coming up on December the 18th, immediately following worship service. Uh, those of you that have RSVP, you still have time to RSVP if you have not done so through the link that we've shared with all the members. Um, uh, do make sure that you RSVP for that, and uh, we will go leave service and go to Golden Corral and uh, as a way to, to celebrate the holiday season, as a way of fellowshipping, and as a way to say thank you for your continued support uh, through uh, your time, your talent, and your treasure. Uh, it's a way of the church saying thank you as we celebrate the holiday seasons for your gifts. And we now take a, uh, a portion of those gifts and give them back and say God's blessings uh, to you as we 
fellowship for our Christmas dinner. So looking forward to a great time and make sure that you are RSVP for that so that we have a proper head count uh, for that event. Amen. 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 It is Advent season, and uh, you know every Advent season, uh, one of the things we do to commemorate Advent season in our worship service is light our Advent wreath, and we have our Advent wreath uh, this morning. To this, this Sunday is the second Sunday of Advent season. Last Sunday was the first, and we uh, lit the first purple candle to represent the prophet's candle. That is the candle that represents all of the prophecies given uh, in the Old the New, uh, New Testament concerning our Savior, his birth, and his work. And today we're going to write, uh, light another candle, and we have a young man that's going to come and help us do that, tell us about what candle we're writing, uh, lighting, excuse me, and what the significance of that candle is, and he will light that candle and place it on our Advent wreath. Come on up, uh, and we uh, will go forward with our service. candle to remind us of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was the virgin of the house of David, chosen by God to bear the Messiah. But even Mary understood that she, like everyone else, has sinned and needed a savior. Anyone can receive righteousness from God at any time by placing faith in Jesus, Jesus' payment for their sins. Amen. 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 Place that over on our Advent wreath, and that is our second candle for our Advent season on this morning. Thank the Lord for uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. We don't worship her. Uh, we see her as a normal person, just like the rest of us, but she was a vessel that God chose, and uh, she too recognized that she needed a Savior just like the rest of us. And so as we remember her, we remember that God still uh, chooses us as his vessels to work in and through us. Uh, but none of us are perfect, and we are all in need of a Savior. And so if you uh, need to, turn to that Savior today and receive forgiveness of your sins. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now is that time in the wish service where we can give to the Lord. And uh, we continue to thank God for blessing us so that we can be a blessing to others. And so we're going to give you an opportunity to give and to the Lord to imitate our Father who is a giver. For God so loved the world in this way that he gave. And so he showed his love to us by giving and we show our love to him and for our fellow man by giving. And so as we give today, know that your gifts are going to impact lives. Let's pray. Father, we pray for each person. It's going to worship you and give in today. Yeah. Pray that you would have us know not only the amount, but help us to give in the right attitude. For your word says you love a cheerful giver. So let us give in a spirit of joy, knowing that we are 
giving towards your work in the lives of others that will produce much praise, honor, and worship being given to you as their needs are met. Uh, we pray for us all today and help us to give well this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You can scan that QR code on the seat in front of you. You can scan the QR code on the screen. You can go to Cash App, Dollar Sign Crisis in the Church, or our website, CrisisInTheChurch.org forward slash resources forward slash give. You want to come around with your mask on and grab your offering in the offering plate? You can do that also. Whatever you give, let's give well this morning and let's give with joy in our hearts. Oh 
learn how to worship God for what he's done. That's what we call praise yeah. and thanksgiving. But then you have to learn how to worship God for who he is. That's what we call worship. That it does not matter what's going on in my life. I worship God because he is God. Uh, it doesn't matter where things are up or down. So you yes. got to learn how to do both. Lord. Your praise tells God, thank you. Your worship tells God, I recognize who you are despite what's going on in my life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You will turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 3 as we continue to celebrate our Advent season this year and uh, think about its significance for us. We introduced that uh, to you on last week. And, uh, we want to continue that on today. Matthew chapter 3. Start with uh, verse number one. I'm going to be reading from Christian Standard Version. You follow me in whatever version you have. Matthew chapter 3, starting with verse number one. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John had a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then people from Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the vicinity of Jordan were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. And when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Broad of vipers, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you that God is able to raise up children of, for Abraham from these stones. The axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord for the church and the church said together, praise, praise be to God for his word today. I want to talk this morning briefly about getting ready for the king's coming. All right, right. Uh, getting ready for the king's coming. I don't know if you've ever prepared for company at your house. I'm sure you have. But if you've ever prepared for company in your house, you know all of the things you do and go through to make sure everything is in place for them when they get there. Can I get a witness? 
If you've ever prepared for a hosting company in your house, you know what it is to make sure that everything is properly cleaned and sanitized, everything is put in its proper place, everything is straightened up, and everything is all together so that you can receive them into your house and receive them well. It is because you respect them enough to make sure that things are ready and in place for them when they arrive. Do I have a witness here? Yeah. That you don't want things any kind of way when they arrive. That you respect and value them enough to make sure everything is in its proper place. Can you imagine uh, if you uh, getting things ready for your friends and loved ones, but can you imagine receiving an invitation from a dignitary, a king, or a president, or a representative, or a senator, and they wanted to come and have a dinner with you at your house? All of the things you would do to make sure things were in order for them when they came. You would cut the grass. You might would paint. You would dust in the high areas and the low areas. You might go buy new sheets. You you may uh, uh, do all kinds of things. Why? Because you respect them and who they are to make sure things are ready and prepared for them when they come. Well, this morning, my brothers and sisters, that's what Advent season is about also. That we do have someone that we expect to come, but we have to make sure things and people are ready and in place for him when he comes. You see, he came the first time, and he came the first time to set things in order, and he left, and now he promised us that he would come again, and he wants to find us ready and things in order. My question to you this morning is, are you ready for the king's coming? I don't know when it will be, but that's the thing. How do you prepare for something when you don't know when it's going to happen? Well, the way to prepare for something when you don't know when it's going to happen is to make sure things are in order every day. You don't hear me today. Because today may be the day he shows up and knocks on your door and you want to make sure your house is clean and ready and things are in proper place for his coming. In our passage, it was one man's mission, John the Baptist, to make people ready to get things ready for our Lord's coming when he came the first time. In fact, he was the one who was prophesied about in the Old Testament that there was one who would cry in the wilderness, be prepared for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here it is, John the Baptist. I'll call him JB. He is getting people ready for the king's coming because the king is about to arrive on the scene. 
And it's uh, when we look at this passage this morning, we can see how he got people ready. Then we can make sure that we are ready and we're making sure those close to us are ready for the king's coming when he decides to come. Here, there's some things we got to understand. Three things we want to understand if we're going to be ready for the king's coming when the king comes. First thing we got to realize is there is something that we have to do. And what is that? The thing we must do in order to get things and people ready for the king's coming is to repent. To repent. That's not a fancy word. It's not a, a very nice word. or uh, It is not a word that necessarily gives us ooey-gooey feelings inside. In fact, there's a lot of churches that don't use that word anymore because it doesn't do well uh, for them socially and, and from a marketing standpoint. But we got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, that we're not here for marketing purposes. We are here for transformation purposes. We are here to change things and people around us. And John the Baptist did not care about marketing. He did not care what people think. He didn't care if people liked his message. He didn't care if his message was considered seeker friendly or nice. All he did was proclaim the message that you and I have been given to proclaim. Repent! Repent. I know John the Baptist was not the famous preacher uh, in his day like we have because he did not have a famous message. And when I read about him, it didn't seem like John the Baptist had much swag either because the scripture says that he wore uh, a camel's hair and a leather belt. And I don't know the fashion of that day, but something tells me that wasn't the greatest fashion of that day. He did not care about fashion. He did not care about how people perceived him. The only thing he cared about was getting the message out to get people ready for the king's coming and in order to get ready they needed to repent three things this morning that I want to tell you first of all you got to understand there's a process of repentance there's a process that you go through in order to really repent, to turn from your sins. It's given right there in the verses. The scripture says that John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness. Repent for the kingdom of heaven and is at hand. You, you know you can't repent until you first hear the message. Yeah. You got to hear the message yeah. in order to repent. Do I have a witness here? It was John the Baptist who gave the message. He said, he, he said and proclaimed the message. And the people here are now able to repent because they hear the message. Can I ask you one question? Could it be today that we don't see much change in our world? Why? Because we don't hear many preachers reminding us that we need to repent. 
Because it's not a famous thing. It's not a popular thing. It's not a good marketing thing to tell people that they are not as good as they think they are. And that there are some things in their lives they need to turn from. John gave the message. Repent. You got to have the message. But you also got to have a messenger. You can't have a message without having a messenger. And John the Baptist was that messenger, was he not? He was the messenger to proclaim. And, and I kind of want to tell you something. God's looking for some other messengers. He sent us into the world to proclaim the gospel. And part of that gospel is to turn from ourselves and turn from selfishness and to turn from sin and turn to God. If we don't proclaim the message, the world won't get the message anywhere else. They won't get it from the news. They won't get it from anywhere else. Why? Because everything else operates according to the world system and renewing this idea that people are okay. But at the heart of our message is that people are not okay apart from God. They're not okay. And things aren't okay. I'm even going to go further and say you are not okay if you are not on good terms with the Lord. But it takes some people standing up saying that. Despite whether or not it is popular, there is no way for anyone to go through the process of repentance if we don't have a message and we don't have people to proclaim the message. But when you hear the message, then you got to receive the message. You got to receive it because sometimes when people hear a message like this, they immediately throw up their guards. They reject the message. They turn to the message. They say to themselves, this is not what I came to church for today. I wanted to hear something else other than this today. This doesn't make me feel good. They reject the message. But when the people heard John's message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Get ready because the king is coming and the way to get ready is to repent. Many of them received it instead of rejecting it. And the only way for us to get life this morning is to receive the message. Yes, it's not popular, but receive the message. Yes, it doesn't make you feel good about yourself, but receive the message that yes, there is some things that I need to turn from in order to turn to the Lord. Notice what the pastor says. They received this message. I know they received it because they responded to the message. They responded with action. They came to him to be baptized. Which gives me the last thing of this process of repentance. You gotta have a message. You gotta have a messenger. You gotta receive that message, but you gotta act on what you hear. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because it is not enough just to sit and hear a good sermon. If the sermon doesn't force you to do something different in your life, it is like not hearing the sermon at all. They responded to what they heard. They got up from where they were and came to him 
him. And the Bible says in verse 5 and 6, they came to him doing what? Confessing their sin. You know that word, confessing, confessing, it literally means to say the same thing. It means to say the same thing about ourselves and our condition that God says about us. It means to say that God says, apart from him, I am a wretch and undone. If that's what he said, then I agree with that and confess. Yes, Lord, that is me. According to your word, I agree with what you said. If your word says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that's me. I'm included in that. If your word says the wages of sin is death, then I need to respond to that because I'm included. That applies to me. They came confessing their sins. You know, it's something about saying it out loud that really makes it register for us. I don't know what they were saying specifically as they confessed their sins, but I don't know. Maybe they were saying, I'm an alcoholic, Uh or I'm a drug addict. Or I'm addicted, or I'm wrapped up in in all kinds of situations. It's something about naming it that makes it real for you. They came confessing their sins. Let me mess with you a little bit more. I'm just going to throw this out here and move it further. You do know there's even a passage in the New Testament because we, we like this private stuff. As long as we can keep things in private, we keep it in the dark and we don't put the light on it. We like private. So I'll just confess my sins to the Lord. But you do know in the New Testament it talks about confessing your sins to one another. Because there's something about naming it that really helps it register for us. They came confessing their sins. Why? Because they received John's message as hard as it was. As, as much as it went against the grain for them, they received his message. Because they agreed with God's diagnosis of their true condition. They acted on it and were baptized. You know what that is, right? Baptism is the outward symbolic expression of what we say we have done spiritually. It is to say outwardly that inwardly I have died to my old self and now I am a new. I have taken the old me and put it under the water and now I'm identifying with the new me of who I am in Christ. And so therefore I have changed some things in my life. There may be some people I had to get out my life because they're not good influences. There are some things that I had to change. Some places that I couldn't go anymore. Some things I couldn't do because they are the old me that got buried. Amen. Amen. Yes. They came 
doing the ritual outwardly, but saying, I'm showing and demonstrating to you what I've done inwardly. Yeah, there's a process to repentance. But it's not enough just to know what we should do and not know how to do it. So I gave you the process, but let me give you the priority for repentance. John the Baptist looks and he sees some of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming. And notice what he calls us, calls them. Sounds kind of harsh, but he was really getting at the heart of the matter. You snakes who warned you to flee the coming wrath. And then he said, produce the fruits of repentance. Don't say, God, uh, don't say we have Abraham as our father. For John the Baptist told him, he said, if God wanted to raise up children for Abraham, he'll do it out of these stones. That leads us to the next point. That not only do we know what we need to do, we need to repent, but we need to know why. We need to know the priority of repentance. That, that we must produce a new lifestyle now. That something should be characteristically new about us. Amen. Amen. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but there's something new to Amen. And if you're just the same old you, then you got to question whether the same old you is still just you. Yeah. If you're just the same old you, then you got to question whether he died or not. If you're still wrapped up in doing the same, you can't recognize anything new about you, then you can't claim to be new. Yeah. If you're new, All right. something shows yeah. as new. You already see, say something about me is different than what I used to be. A change of lifestyle because you had repentance, a change of mind. And that's our problem today. We hadn't really changed our mind about the old man. I, I remind of a quote from Martin Luther. Martin Luther said, the old man was buried in baptism, but he's a good swimmer. Do I have a witness? And, and some of us go swimming looking for the old man. We go putting ourselves in situations so that we can revive the old man. But if you are new, then there are some things and situations and people you might have to walk away from so that you don't find yourself doing CPR on the old man. Do I have a witness here? They had a change of lifestyle resulting in a change of mind. He says, he says, uh, this, this repentance thing is so important. He says, don't use any excuses. Don't try to substitute anything for getting a new lifestyle. 
That's what he tells them. He says, don't presume to say we have Abraham as our father. You see, what the Pharisees and Sadducees loved to brag about and what made them feel good about themselves is their lineage and who they came from and what side of the track they came from. And John the Baptist strikes at the heart of that. He says, I don't care where you come from. You too need to repent. <laughs> Do I have a witness here? Uh, and, and, and we're good like the Pharisees and Sadducees in order to, to inflate our pride and make ourselves feel good when a message is designed to give us and force us to really think about ourselves and give us a moment of pause. We immediately inject something so that we feel good in order to inflate our pride. And so we always try to substitute something for repentance. We yeah, Lord, but Come on. It's up. Come on with it. Yes, report, repent. But yeah. I'm a good person. But, but. Yeah, repent. But yeah. I don't hurt anybody. Mm. Yes, repent. But don't he know what family I came from? Yes, repent. But don't he know my situation? Yes, repent. But, 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 and whenever we put something on the other end of that, but we are presuming on God's grace. Don't presume, John says, to say to yourselves anything that will be a substitute for you doing what you know you need to do. See, this is what Christmas is really about. Enjoy the toys and the gifts and the giving. I told you last week, if you neglect the best gift that God has given, then everything else don't matter. Amen. What does it profit a man to gain everything at Christmas and lose his soul? <laughs> Do I have a witness? What does it profit you to get the best gifts out of the store? And you, you, you neglect the best gift that's been provided for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Don't presume anything. Stop making excuses. Stop saying but. And do what God said you need to do. Because John says, when he comes, not famous, not popular. Mm. He's going to execute judgment. Mm. The axe mm. is already at the root of the tree. Mm. And every tree, that's what John says, that does not produce, that's lifestyle change, Produce good fruit will be cut down. John says he's here. 
And he's right here. And John didn't know when he came the first time that he was coming to be a gracious Savior. But John's words ring true for us because he came to be a gracious Savior. Yes. And paid the price for our sin. Uh -huh. But when he returns, it won't be as a gracious Savior. Your time to receive him as a gracious Savior is now. All right. When he returns, it won't be time for him to receive him as a gracious Savior. When he comes, he's coming back as a conquering king. Right now. And saying, you're either with me or you're not. All right. Say that. He's coming back. Matthew says, divide the sheep from the goats. And the time to decide which one you are is now. Because when he appears, it'll be too late. The tree, the axe is already at the root of the tree. I don't know when he will come. But I did teach you last week, Paul said we are now closer than when we first believed. And each day is a day closer to our king coming. Are you ready? All right. I'm done. This don't make us feel good, but see, I tell some of my pastor friends this because sometimes they think they're going to preach a sermon every Sunday and people are going to fall out and flip the chairs over every Sunday. But when you shepherd people, sometimes the shepherd has to take the staff and snatch the sheep back because they, they, they're headed towards danger to help them to figure out, hey, you, you're headed in danger. And that don't always feel good. You say, this don't feel good. And I don't know I can, if I can do this. Well, I'm glad you said that. I'm done. How many glad God never oh, asked yes. us to do something that yes. never yes. gives yes. us the power to do? Because I gave you the process of repentance. I gave you the priority of repentance, and I'm done. Let me tell you the provision of repentance, what God has provided to help you. He's provided someone for you to help you do what you can't do by yourself. Thank you, God. It's right there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Lord. He says this, I'm done. Thank you. John says, I baptize you with water. But the one coming after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Do you have a witness? You know who the Holy Spirit yes. is? It is who God has provided for us to live in us, to help us do the things he called us to do, and to be the people he's called us to be. The Holy Spirit is not there just to make you have some kind of gift. That's, that's part of it. But he's there to help you live right. John said he will convict you mm -hmm. when you're wrong. Yes. He'll show you the right way. Mm -hmm. 
notice, I like this. He says this. He says, and I love this. It's a perfect picture of the Holy Spirit, and I'm done. Uh, he says this in, in the last few verses. Verses 12. The winnowing shovel is in his hand. And he will clear the threshing floor. This means nothing to us in our industrial society today. They were in an agricultural society. They knew exactly what John was saying. Let me let me show you what John was saying. Let me help you hopefully appreciate. See, when you harvest a crop, you can't just take it out of the field and eat it. You can't just take it out of the field and cook it. There's a process that it has to go through. You don't hear me this morning. And so when you harvest the crop, first thing you have to do is thresh it. It's called the threshing floor. The threshing is when you take a crop like wheat and you got to strip down the hard exterior to get to the wheat seed in the middle of the actual plant. You don't hear me today. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for you and me. He gotta strip us down our hard exterior, strip it down, our pride, strip it down. Every butt that we will put in there to substitute doing for what God tells us to do, we gotta strip it all down. Gotta thresh us. But then after you thresh it, you got to winnow it. <laughs> they would take the wheat and they would thresh it to get the hard exterior off. But then the wheat seed in the inside would still have dust and impurities all around it. And so they would take the wheat and they would take a, a fork or a shovel and they would throw the wheat up in the air. Uh -huh. And they will wait to do it on a windy day. You don't hear me today. Lord, have mercy. I'm preaching better than you said. Amen. They, they will wait for a windy day. And they will throw the wheat up in the air with the fork. And as the wind will blow, it will blow the impurities off the wheat. You don't hear me today. There's another wind in the, old, in the New Testament that the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, I'm done this morning. He says in Acts chapter 2, the apostles were waiting there in the upper room. Guess what? There came a sound from heaven as a rushing and burning wind. That is the Holy Spirit. He's going to baptize you 
with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And when we put you in that water, we take you and we put you down in the water. You're under the person performing the baptism's control. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Yeah. And then he says, but when he comes, he's not going to baptize you with water. He's going to do it with the Holy Spirit that you now freely give yourself and say, I have trusted Jesus as my personal Savior. And through his word, he's told me, he's given me the gift of his spirit that lives on the inside of me. Now it's time for me to yield myself to him so that he can do his work, cooperate with him so that when he convicts me of something, I turn from it. When he breaks my heart about something, I respond to it. When he gets a message to me that I don't feel good, but he says he's talking to you, I respond. You got to oh, cooperate. Yeah. Because he's not going to make you. Oh, yeah. He's the perfect gentleman. Oh, yeah. Not going to make you. Hallelujah. If you get everything you want for Christmas, but don't have him on the inside of you, All right, you've missed. You missed. What Christmas is really all about. about. Yes, sir. Yes. Let's pray. Father, help us today. That's all right. That's all right. To turn from the things in our lives that don't please you. And I pray for each person today. You give them humility and courage right where they are to call on you. Yes. And ask you to forgive them. Give you, Lord, pray that you would touch each and every one of them and help them. Yes, Lord. To trust you right where they are. Pray, Lord, that you would help them. Yes, Lord. Despite the pride in them that wants to reject a message like this, give them the humility to say, Lord, I receive your message and thank you for what you've done for me so that I can be ready when you come give them the courage right where they are to call on you help them to confess their sin Lord it's something about sin even right there where they are even as they pray to you let them confess it let them say with what it is. What is it? What are the things in their lives that are not bringing you glory? Let them say it. Because it's something in saying it that makes it final in our lives. Helps us get Give them courage right where they ought to say it. And then be motivated. And say, Lord, I'm going to give it to you. Because most of all, I want to please you. Holy Spirit, do your work in the lives of each person. Connect, save, deliver, set free. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. 
Thank you for blessing your people. Thank you for making ways out of no way. Thank you, Lord, for touching our world and our community. Despite what it looks like, we know, Lord, you're still in charge. You're still in control. Those, Lord, that don't know you, help them call on you. Those, Lord, that need you to make a way in their lives, make a way. Those, Lord, that need you to heal their bodies, heal their bodies. Do your work today. And you get the glory out of each and every one. It is first Sunday, and we usually commune on the first Sunday. And so uh, those of you worshiping virtually, uh, if you want to get something in your house, some liquid to drink and something of substance to eat uh, while you commune with us as we prepare to commune. Those of you worshiping in person, we ask that you stand uh, right where you are. Scripture says, on the day that the Lord was betrayed, he gathered his disciples in a set place, and when he gathered them there, he took bread, and he blessed it, gave thanks for it, broke it, and distributed it to them, and said, this is my body, which is broken for you, take it and eat it, and do it in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, and he gave thanks for it, and said, this is my blood, which is shared for you, take it, drink it, and do it in remembrance of me. As we commune today, we commune not because we're perfect people, but because we serve a perfect Savior. And we look back to that cross where he paid for our sins and his blood covered our sins. We look in our lives today and trust. And for those of us that have put our trust in him, uh, we say that he's living on the inside of us and through the power of his spirit, we're seeking to be more and more like him each and every day. And then we always look forward because one day he promised to come back. Yes. Advent means to come, to appear. He's going to come and appear again to receive us to himself. And we will be with him forever in right. communion, in common union with him. So as you come forward today, if you've trusted the Lord as your personal Savior and you're coming forward and saying, I want to be born more like him each day and I want to, uh, I'm continually uh, trusting him to help me make sure that I'm ready for him when he comes. If that's you today, you're free to come and commune with us together. Ushers, we pray that you would direct folks around the center aisle to come around and to receive the elements. Uh, and then once they have received the elements, they can take them back to their seats, and then we will commune together. Amen. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. I knew it was 
they pierced him in the side. They pierced him in the side for me. something of substance to eat and something liquid to drink. Let's pray over what we have in our hands. Lord, we yes. thank you for what we hold in our hands and it symbolizes your son who died on our cross, on the cross for our sins. That cracker that represents his body and this juice that represents his blood. We know, Lord, your word says without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. price that you did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ crucified on the cross for your sins and mine. Let's commune together. The blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ shed for you and for me. He died so that God's justice may be fulfilled. God being just had to punish sin. And he laid the sins of you and me on his son. And now he can freely forgive us of our sins. Let's commune together. Amen. As you go today, walk in the power of who you are in Christ and in the power of his spirit that he has given you. Seeking to be more and more like him each and every day. And if you do that, you will be ready for him yeah. when he comes. Amen. 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 Amen.